Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Mr. Johnny Crypto, Gonzo, the Crypto Goliath, and a very, very special guest, a man known for his aggressively average content, who's managed to hide his identity better than Satoshi Nakamoto. The bearable bull is in the building to bring us the truth about this turbulent market. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Charlie Munger tells investors to avoid digital assets like an open sewer, stating that an investment in crypto, well, that's an investment in nothing. CPI is reaching levels we haven't seen in nearly half a century as the Fed reports 9.1% inflation. With over 40% of U.S. dollars printed in the last two years, we break down how digital assets may perform during this bear market. Ripple XRP continues to make strides against the SEC as Judge Netborn calls out the hypocrisy from Gary Gensler. We discuss the long-term impacts this may have on crypto regulation. CBDCs are going live in 2023 as France announces a digital revolution is already underway. We discuss what currencies could benefit the most in this shift towards centralized assets. Over 7 million merchants can now accept payments using Cardano, and we show our listeners a video from Homeland Security's investigation claiming that they found Satoshi Nakamoto. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So first of all, I'm very excited to be back, and I missed our listeners as well as Johnny Crypto Gonzo and the Node Defender so much. So super excited for this episode, but that's not why we're here, Johnny Crypto. We are here for the man, the myth, the legend, the bearable bull is in the building. How are you doing this morning, my friend? I'm doing good, my friend. Thank you so much. I do not hide my identity better than Satoshi, though. You, you Bad joke. Bad joke. We're going to deep dive into that. <laughs> we're going to deep dive into that because we may know who Satoshi Nakamoto is, and I have no idea who you are, my friend. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll dive into that later, bro. So I'm going to kick it to Johnny Crypto. Johnny, how you feeling on this beautiful morning? We got 111 listeners out there, so another 111 this week, Gonzo. But Johnny Crypto... Thanks for covering my butt this week. How are you feeling, my friend? Well, first of all, Abs, welcome back. It's great to have you back. And Gonzo, great to see you. Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. And most importantly, I'm super excited. As you always know, I love when the bull is on the show. And hopefully we'll be able to uh, – you never know where this is going to go, but hopefully we'll be able to stay out of YouTube jail today. Hey, if he kicks us off, we did our job. But Gonzo, how are you feeling this morning, my friend? You usually rock the Diamond Hands gear, but what do you got on today? Yeah, today I got I got the bull sweatshirt on, the bull run sweatshirt. Oh you know, goodness. goodness! Yeah, so in honor, nice. in honor of the bull, so had to, had to sport the sweatshirt. But I'm doing good, man. It is good to have you back. Uh, you know, I appreciated the opportunity on Monday, but you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. So uh, it was a it was a humbling experience. It was it was super super fun. But I, I'm so glad to have you back because it felt like a piece of our heart was missing. So uh, yeah, just excited to be here with the bull. That's awesome, Gonzo. Thank you so much. And we're gonna start this thing off. Not with our Twitter account, but with the Q&A for our special guest, because I got so many questions about what's going on in the market right now. We know you interviewed the Flair CEO, Hugo, this week, and I watched that interview. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts about what we can anticipate from Flair going forward and, and what's your overall sentiment on the projects being built out on the XRPL today, my friend. Sure. So um, so I think Flair Network is going to change our lives forever. Um, as far as XRP is concerned, there's never been a place where we could safely 
safely um, earn passive income before. And that's, in essence, what the FLIR network is going to be, along with something like um, Stellar and Algorand, right? And there's been a lot of frustration amongst the XRP community. Oh, FLIR is delayed. Oh, you know, where where are my tokens? Oh, the exchanges. And to me, I'm I'm just like, so many ungrateful people that don't understand what goes into building a fully decentralized, fully sustainable um, platform, right? From day one, it's going to be fully decentralized, fully sustainable, not be paused like Solana every other day, you know? <laughs> so it's one of those things where, you know, people are just ungrateful. And for those that um, are complaining, I understand. I get it. Um, you won't be complaining when the network goes live. That's what I'll say. It's it's something very special that's being built. Um, well, as far so as projects being built on XRP are concerned, um, I love to see it. I want to continue seeing more development happen. I'm very excited for um, XLS20 and XRP NFTs. I think Ducati just partnered with Ripple as well, so that's good. that's a big one too. So. I'm very excited. There's more development than we've ever seen before going on behind the scenes. And one of the positive things I saw going on with Flare is that you have to hold your initial 15% airdrop. If you dump that on the open market, you're not going to receive the remaining 85%. How do you feel about that update? And what do you think it could mean for the actual price of the token? Because we all know this is built to beat Ethereum. So it's one of those things where participation is king, right? So they're not going to reward you for just, you know, um, getting your free money and then boom, just destroying the price. If that makes sense. Um, there are a lot of people that are frustrated about the process. And again, how are you going to be frustrated about the free money that you're receiving? You ungrateful shits. <laughs> um, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. Um, I like the rewarding of participation. They're really trying their best to keep the price and the health of the network up. Um, for example, we saw with Songbird, when they launched, um, I think the price went up as high as like 50, 55 cents, Songbird being the canary network for Flare. And then when there was another airdrop on top of Songbird um, called XFi, boom, the price collapsed after the airdrop. So they're really looking to try and you know maintain the health of the price. And you know I can't complain. I can't complain. For sure. I'd love to have Gonzo give you a follow-up here. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's funny because so I you're so right, but like just human beings as a species are just so impatient, right? And mm. I wasn't part of the initial airdrop. Um, so I you know, I'm gonna have to buy my flare, you know, I have to buy it on the open market, right? But mm. um for anyone that has any questions as far as like you know, why did it take so long or is being impatient? I suggest that they go to your channel and they watch that interview because there was so much information there, like how he broke down. I didn't realize that Flair had, like, I can understand now why it's taking so long, right? It's not just the layer one protocol. Everything that he talked about, how they're fixing the whole, what, what bridges do, right? With the whole layer mm. cake thing. And then the, the web two to web three, all the different stuff that it does and just the interconnections between the blockchains I, I mean, it's totally invaluable. Um, that's all I just wanted to add. Like, definitely go check that interview out because that's going to tell you why it's taking so long because they're building technology and they're building technology for the future. 
and they definitely hugo said it best you know they started trying to be one thing and then they transformed into um something much much bigger and more complex than initially anticipated i think hugo cole did a forest of multi chains which i don't i don't know what the hell that means but it sounds like it's gonna make me a lot of money so he could call it whatever he wants i like it uh goodness yeah and i think you know when when you look at a management team that can make a decision have a path one way and then realize hey, we're going down the wrong path. We need to change or we need to kind of revise or gear it up. That's actually a good sign. That's a management team that I want to be, I want to be investing in. So it's important. You know, look mm -hmm. at the other option is they could have done something like a Solano where they rush it to market and have, you know, things failing all over the place. And then it just creates a really, really bad sentiment. So, no, kudos to them. I mean, they made several announcements, and I think now people are getting excited. The price mm -hmm. is starting to reflect that. And if you're not in Flare, folks, and you want to get in, I know one place for sure that you can buy it on is BitTrue. You can look at it there. You can actually get the Flare, um, uh, what they call IOUs. So the, I know it's available there. But, yeah, well, mm -hmm. I'm excited. Can't wait to see that that product come out. There's a lot of good utility and use cases there. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And if I can, I'd love to get in here real quick because one of the things that we're seeing in the market today is retail is more scared than ever. I was actually home this weekend, and I got a chance to catch up with a lot of friends who – they entered the crypto market last year. They dabbled around. They made a couple hundred dollars, and then they lost 80% of that, and now they've exited the market. Maybe you can give people some reassurance. I always watch your Instagram post where you're putting up these very, very high price targets, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but I've seen things like a $15 XRP or a $600 quant. What leads you to believe that we may inevitably have a quicker recovery than a lot of people are anticipating? Sure. So um, I believe that we've been going down in a straight line for eight months in a row, right? Eight months in a row. Uh, the CPI numbers came out today, 9.1%, right? I believe. Um, the stock market's gone to shit. The US dollar um, has gone to the moon, right? Um, I think the euro has been collapsing. So there's been a lot of everything in one direction for a long time. And to me, this isn't necessarily um, sustainable. Right. So me, I'm constantly looking, where's the bottom? Where is the bottom? Where's the recovery? And specifically when it comes to the crypto market, um, the crypto market's been affected in a way where it's more the macro than crypto itself that's been affecting it. Um, aside from the UST, Terra, Celsius, mass liquidation events that, that have been going on three arrows going to shit nobody even knows where the dudes are anymore i, I don't even think so it's just kind of funny I, it's kind of funny but um so when i see all of this happening um i personally expect a v-shaped recovery from utility tokens um i'm not a believer that the market is going to be dependent on bitcoin for much longer and i know that's a hot take that's a bold take but that's always been my hypothesis, right? We we saw a massive um, break in the case yesterday where the judge is requiring the SEC turn over the damn documents, right? Turn over the documents. That's massive. I think there will be an abrupt end to this case personally. Um, and regardless of whether something happens randomly or we wait for a decision to be made, um, when XRP finally is let, out of the cage, I think it'll be the leader of the crypto space. ETH 2.0 is going to come out at some point as well. 
I think that's going to change crypto market dynamics and we won't have to be dependent on just Bitcoin and, you know, it's speculative nonsense, right? There'll be a utility based leader in the crypto market. And well, what do we have a couple months left before this case is really over? Um, I don't think it's going to be too long. So um, that's why I have it the way I do. We haven't had an altcoin season either, right? Especially for some of our favorite utility coins. So um, while it is a bold take I have, I don't think it's going to be uh, a prolonged, you know, multi-year bear market, right? I think it's going to be one of those things where um, the cryptos that were meant to solve um, this financial crisis issues are going to thrive. And, you know, people can disagree with me. I completely understand. Um, however, that's that's just what I think. That's my two cents. Yeah. And building on your two cents, that's kind of like our eight cents, too. That's what we've been saying here at this show. Is this is a different cycle. This is going to be built on utility. Now. We've got rear regulation coming in. We've got ETFs coming. It's a different world versus the 2013 and 2017 bull run. So, so we we agree with you totally, bull in that aspect. That that I don't think Bitcoin is going to be the one that has to drive this. We will see real world utilities, real world solves. And you know, to answer questions like you know like this, I love engaging with our audience. You know, you know how do you deal with the negativity on Twitter on all these different points? The reality is, I, I ignore what a lot of people say. That you need to know. You need to do your homework, know what you're investing in. And if you have, if you know what you're investing in, you're going to have confidence and you just learn to ignore all of the other chatter that's going on around you. So that's how I handle it. Pro SVG pro just, just ignore that. If you know what you're in and, mm-hmm. and we got some really, really big news on the XRP uh, lawsuit, as you just talked about. So personally, I think, you know, within 30, well, I'll save that for when we get there, but yeah, it's going to be a different scenario for sure. This time around, I think we'll totally agree. 2025 is going to be, between 2023 and 2025, I think we're going to have some really exciting times. So, an- oh, go ahead. To answer that question, dude, the people's opinions don't pay my fucking bills. <laughs> so it's like, I'm like, I don't give a shit about what's going on on Twitter exactly. and, and negativity. I'm like, come on now. So the bull, one of the Twitter's things- toxic. One of the things I was reading about is actually how the CFTC is more than willing to call Bitcoin a commodity while the SEC is actually starting to do the same thing. So my rebuttal to your argument would be, do you think that because Bitcoin is going to be given a free pass with the decentralization narrative, it's the only cryptocurrency right now that doesn't really have an underlying company driving most of its utility, right? So what are some of your thoughts on that? The fact that it may be labeled a commodity and it may be the only one for the first couple of years. Um, I think this case is going to be one of those things that um, takes a lot of power away from the SEC. Um, the SEC is being purposefully vague um, in order to try and gain as much uh, regulatory jurisdiction over this asset class as they can. Um, I think it's going to fail because of the shit show they've put on against Ripple, but um, that's still left to be determined. I, I'm very confident, though. Um, I'm also confident that a lot of exchanges are going to go away and there are going to be a lot of security tokens. And I am actually placing my chips on the fact that a lot of cryptos are security tokens. And that's not an, an issue for me. And I don't look if i see a crypto that i think is a high quality um token or business i'm gonna throw my money in that shit i don't care if it's a security a commodity a left titty i I just throw my money (laughs) into what i think is gonna be good (laughs) like johnny crypto (laughs) exactly that's it 
at the end of the day, you do what you think is the right thing to do. And, and that's all. It doesn't matter what people are saying here at all. Um, you know, don't, not even us. Don't even listen to us. Do your own homework. Do your research. Uh, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to sleep at night. So uh, make sure you're buying what you feel comfortable with. You know, uh, just like you're saying, you know, they're, they're saying that, that Bitcoin is a commodity. So it's the one that has clarification. Once we resolve the SEC lawsuit, the only two that will have clear, um, you know, um, it, that'll be clear, it'll be Bitcoin and then it'll be XRP, right? It'll be, we'll, we'll know exactly where we're at with that. Uh, and, and you'll, and, um, and that, that'll be different, right? So I agree with Bull with, with that aspect of, of XRP, having that clarity that we've been looking for, whether it's through a settlement, because they're going to make sure that they get that clarity or they win it outright. They're going to get that clarity. Bull, I'd love to ask you one quick question about quant because everybody's asking about quant lately. And I feel like it's one of the biggest currencies that's pumping during this bear market. We saw it last week. I believe it went from $62 all the way up to $85 in just a couple of days. But when you talk about the real real world utility that it's going to be using, well, it's going to be connecting our old fiat banking system to the new digital asset system. And it's going to be essential for ISO protocols. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts because I know you're very bullish on quant. What do you mm. think is going to drive the utility that's flooding in? We know it's only got 14.6 million tokens, so it's a very low market cap and it's very low circulating supply. That alone is bullish. But can you talk a little bit about the real world use cases that it's going to be filling? Sure. So Quant is one of my um, one of my favorite cryptos, believe it or not. I got into it a while back at like around $7. So when I saw it um, reach the heights of around $400 this last bull run i saw thought to myself well damn i didn't i didn't even expect that to be honest with you but um no gilbert over there at uh, quant they're really building a goliath um i believe it's going to be the interoperability standard of the crypto market um cbdc's um and i think the latin american dollar specifically is being built over there and something i have to say is that interoperability is going to be the key term um as far as just a successful token is concerned moving forward not just quant but a successful token and you know something i hate about crypto is the crypto tribalism right i think it's nonsense i think cryptos that try to separate themselves and communities that get um, you know, try and attack each other. That's silly because everything's eventually going to have to work together in order to really, you know, solve massive problems. You know, it's not, it's not cannibalism. It's, it's cooperation. So that's really what I see with quant and why it's going to be exploding. I remember during the last bear market too, um, link was really exploding during the bear market before other things, um, and now we're just seeing the strength of quant coming to the forefront too in a similar fashion. So I'm not surprised at all. I think down the road, um, quant will be a five figure coin down, down, down the road. Um, this next cycle, I think four figures is definitely in store for it. So do what you, do with that information, what you will. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, when, when you look at history and we look at the, the boom of the internet, it happened when we ended up getting TCPIP, which, well, regulation and then TCPIP. TCPIP allowed everything to talk to each other, and we're seeing exactly the same thing happening. First, we got regulation coming, and then you're going to have quant that's going to have all the blockchains talking to each other and enable it and explode. 
So I, I love Quant for that reason. I agree with you, Bill. I think that's going to be a big one. We've been talking about that one for a while now. And um, something is going to have to bring all of these chains together. And when that happens, oh, baby, this market's going to skyrocket. Amazing, Bull. And I feel like that's a good time to dive into our first articles for today. So we're going to start off the same way we always do by showing you guys our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single one of us. We go live every single Monday night and every Thursday. So if you're looking for me and Johnny Crypto on Thursday or Monday at 8 p.m., we'll be right here. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is still sitting in extreme fear. And we're actually dropping this week. It's been quite a while since we addressed this, but that's because we've been stagnant. So we're going to hop right on past that and go into the total coin market cap. We are sitting at $876 billion in total market cap this morning. Bitcoin is at 43% dominance and Ethereum is at nearly 15%. Bitcoin, it's dealing with some bearish price action at $19,500 this morning. Ethereum is just over a grand. XRP is 31 cents. Cardano is 42 cents. Litecoin, $47. Kronos, 11 cents. Stellar, 10 cents. And let's check out Hedera Hashgraph, which is six cents flat this morning. Regardless of the negative price action with Hedera, it's one that I've continued to be bullish on and continue to dollar cost average into. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on what's taking place in the overall market, as well in some of these projects like Hedera, Stellar, or whatever catches your attention, Verbable. Sure. So as far as the market's concerned, you know, we're we're desperately searching for a bottom. <laughs> I think everyone's just like, what the hell's going on? Right. Um, so we've been hovering at this support level for Bitcoin for a while now. And, you know, while it's cute, I like it. It's like, OK, we found some support. Um, I'm very cautious during these times because, you know, there's a very strong possibility that we go lower. Right. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but that's really what's on the table right now. Um, the only thing that really uh, prevents me from thinking we're going to full blown go lower is the fact that everyone's expecting it so the market psychology is okay we're gonna go lower well 99 percent of people in investing are typically wrong so that's something to think about but um if we do happen to go lower and i think a bottom around 13.5 for for bitcoins possible think a bottom for for xrp around 25 cents as possible something like that but um we're just we're just speculating on price action at the moment. Regardless, I haven't purchased anything at the moment because I bought during the UST terror crash. And I think if we have that one last drop down before we reverse, um, then those will be generational level entry points. Um, as far as what I'm looking at in the market right now, um, nothing's changed. It's, it's really just a waiting game. I think I came here like two months ago, right? We, we had a show two months ago and um, nothing's changed since then. It's just my, my babies are Hedera XRP, um, Stellar Moonbeam. Um, let's see, let's see which, which other stupid token. I'm getting more bullish on IOTA as days go by more and more. Um, How about Algorand? very bullish on it as well great price to get into at the moment i think it's it's a lower price than i initially got into it back in the day so it's a great entry point what do you what do you think of the um metaverse type stuff like mana uh you know sand gala things like that are you uh bullish on those too or no i'm bullish on on things like sandbox mana um 
Uigala, I missed my opportunity to get some nodes back in the day. Like mm. uh, a lot of people were telling me about um, Gala at two cents, and I'm like, I don't know what the hell this thing is. Whatever. <laughs> and then that thing went, <laughs> oof, that that baby went crazy, and you know, that passive income is nice. So it, you know, one of my regrets I could check off is yeah, good job. Well, I want to give a shout out to Johnny because I remember last year he was on my case about how we needed these Gala nodes and I was skeptical, but regardless, I listened to my man and it's been one of the greatest things that I've done because not only thanks have for, nodes, thanks no, for throwing it in my face. <laughs> hey, well, now, you know, if Johnny crypto tells you to buy something, at least take it into consideration, but not financial advisors, not financial advice, always do your own research. One of the things that I find so interesting about the metaverse developments taking place today is they're all happening on two platforms. Decentraland and Sandbox. We got tons of stuff going on in Sandbox in particular. We covered the Playboy news and we cover how all of these influencers are willing to dive into the Sandbox, which is obviously built on Ethereum. Are you very bullish on that platform? And can we use the actual use cases and partnerships that we're seeing right now? Is that going to tell us who's going to lead this market going forward? Of course. Of course. If, if you know, if the main people come, the, the plebs will follow, if you will. Right. So it's like the big boys are on sandbox, sandbox going to the moon. You know, big boys are on Decentraland, Decentraland's gonna go to the moon. Yeah. That's really it. Exactly. I'd love to give Gonzo a chance to just follow up because our next article, it's a hilarious one and it's some FUD news for our listeners. So don't be scared away because it is gonna be very funny. Gonzo, I'll give you the floor here. What's on your mind? Yeah, you know, just more of the same. You know what I was paying attention to is it seems like the mainstream media has been pushing more and more about that Bitcoin's going to be down to 10 grand. So I, I'm starting to think, you know, like Bull mentioned that, you know, once everyone thinks that it's going to that, the market does something different. So I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm starting to look at like, you know, the 13 to 15 level, but um, I, I'm just still DCA every two weeks, right? I, I'm not going to be able to time the exact bottom. So every mm -hmm. two weeks, I'm just going to keep buying and I'm going to buy all the way down. Right. And so uh, I'm just still doing that. Like, like he said, um, I, I got some, HBAR, I got some XTC because I was a little bit behind on XTC. Uh, I did my Atom uh, and, and some of the other ISO tokens. You know, I was going to ask you, Bull, uh, as far as kind of like your investment thesis, um, do you like when you're going to start going back into altcoins, besides like the ISO tokens, are you looking at things that are going to be like interoperability, like in the future? Like you mentioned Glimmer. So are you looking like at Polkadot and some of the other ones? Nope. Nope. That's it. So, so, um, glimmer, polka dot, quant, but I'm not, I'm not going to re enter into quant. The entry is too high relative to other tokens. Like, so, um, that's something to think about. I also think about the fact that, you know, some of these cryptos are a little inflationary. Now, what do I mean by that? So, um, I think since, since December, the, the circulating supply of algo is doubled, I think. Roughly right. The same thing with Hedera. So it's one of those things where the thing they chose the time during the uh, the price declines to to um, release a lot more supply and just rip the bandaid off as far as price is concerned. Um, something to add to that is the price action itself on these tokens. You know, when you consider that they drop some supply on the market, it actually hasn't been as bad as you may seem, right? It's been more a supply issue than an actual token price issue. So um, that's something that really catches my attention. And if we just um, consider that for a second, 
then um, the prices of something like Algo and Hedera would be double what they are now, right? And what that would mean is that the percentage drop from the peak won't be as aggressive as it, it, it may seem, right? And the reason I bring that up is because I do believe um, that it will be a lot of these altcoins that will really propel us forward, you know? And I think recently, at least, a lot of these altcoins have been performing better relative to things like Bitcoin. So, so I'm, I'm looking heavily into that correlation. It's very interesting to me. Thanks, Bull. And we got 282 live listeners out there. Show us some oh, love and sure. smash yeah. that like button, my friend, because we are going to continue to bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics, as well as the high-value guests that we can get on this program, just like the bearable bull. And I think it's only fitting we start off with a little bit of XRP news for our listeners out there. Jed McCaleb's sales of XRP, they're about to be away from the market, and that selling pressure is about to be totally evaporated. He's down to 13 million XRP, and I'm thinking these are going to be totally gone within three days. Bearable bull, what do you think this could mean for the market that this selling pressure is gone? We've seen 9.5 billion XRP dumped into the market over the last decade from this wallet and over 4 billion XRP in just the last 24 months. That's a lot of money, man. <laughs> this dude is stacking. It's crazy to me, like how these founders, you know, get tokens and and how much money they make from actually selling tokens. And, you know, while people don't like Jed McCaleb, right, I think Brad Garlinghouse was guilty of this too, like during the 2017-18 bull. So it's like at the end of the day, like people are frustrated with Jed. Hey, these these people over here making their money, right? And and that's all it is at, at the end of the day. These people have the inside information. They create the tokens, leader of the projects, and, you know, it is what it is. As so far as into a, oh sorry, sorry as, as far as like Jed and you know him running out of his XRP, um, I've never really paid too much attention about him dumping on the market because I never felt like like his dumping XRP was going to be one of the you know big things at play as far as the future of XRP's price is concerned. I mean, like it's going to be utility driven, and if Jed is going to be selling. You know, take, take your damn money. Um, I just feel bad for him that he's not going to be taking, you know, the big boy, the big daddy profits later down the road, I guess. But he has Stellar, so I don't really feel that bad. Um, it's still, he still has 13 million tokens. That's a lot. That's a lot. You know, so. Yeah, and he's probably made billions off of XRP. Don't forget, he yeah. had $9 billion. This guy got $9 billion coins. But you know he goes even way back before that right because he goes back to the mount gox days right and that's yeah. i think that's where the whole shadiness thing started you know yeah. i learned this recently but mount gox started as an actual magic the gathering group and it grew from there and it turned into an exchange isn't that crazy yeah and then crazy. the whole hack kind of had like an undertone of an inside trader thing after he had kind of sold it off to i forgot the guy's name and so that's where the whole shadiness thing comes in about you know they only we know that right now recently we talked about it on Monday where they recovered 150,000 Bitcoin, but it was, the initial hack was I think about 850,000 Bitcoin at those prices. So yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. 
Mm. Another thing I want to pick the Bulls brain on is I love the conspiracy talk, right? And if you're in the XRP community, there's no lack of conspiracies around this particular project. One of the things everyone's been saying is that this lawsuit's going to end sometime around when Jed McCaleb runs out of XRP, right? And we're seeing all these developments with the lawsuit take place right in front of our eyes. We're going to dive into it later in the episode. But one of the things we're seeing is that in August, there could be some major developments for the SEC, or sorry, for Ripple against the SEC. And at the exact same time, Jed McCaleb will be totally gone from XRP. Do you think it's a coincidence or are we overdue for a moonshot, for lack of a better term, when it comes to this particular project? It's been suppressed. It's been hyper suppressed for such a long period of time. And with all this excess selling pressure, it makes sense to me that we're overdue for a little bit of bullish price action, even during this bearish market. No, I definitely think so. Um, you know, it's one of those things. I hate the word conspiracy. I want to throw it and burn it and, and you know, take a piss on it. Like, screw that. That's just freedom of thought. I, I just want to be able to exchange ideas be, without being called a nut because conspiracies have made me rich over the past five years. So I don't want to hear that shit, right? Like, let's just talk about what's going on, right? So I think it's very possible um, considering what's happened with this case recently considering that Jed is, in fact, running out of XRP coincidentally at the same time. I don't know if the two are correlated. I'm not going to speculate on it, but um, I wouldn't be shocked to see it. That's actually what my video was going to be on today, believe it or not. So um, it's 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 exciting times. I definitely think XRP will be um, de-pegged from these market conditions at some point. Um, let's just see one. Let's see one. Yes, Johnny, I'd love to give you a chance to ask a question because I do have a follow-up of the decoupling event that we always talk about, but I'd love to hear from you first. Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that people were talking about was what's the situation in this whole Mount Gox case and that apparently Bulls got the – some people think Bulls got the court docs on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Do you have the docs on this one? What's going on here? Maybe you can enlighten our viewers. I am the judge, jury, and executioner. <laughs> oh, Goodness. But, yeah, it's crazy, man. But, um, no, I think that Jed – I put Jed in this uh, group of what I call the untouchables. You know, he's definitely a rat snake weasel. But he definitely seems to have the right connections uh-huh. with the right people because of Mt. Gox, he came out unscathed. In the, in, the LA, in the XRP lawsuit, he was there. At the same time, when Larson and, and Growing House were doing this, and his name's not in the court case, and they are. So this guy, he's like the Teflon Don. He figures out how to just avoid like Bullets just bounce off this guy. Nothing ever happens to him. But anyway, I'm happy to see that he's about done dumping his load of XRP on people. Finally, he's out of the game. And so that's just going to release some selling pressure. And now we got a couple catalysts coming. We know that we got Flare coming. That's going to be a catalyst for XRP. We've got the lawsuit coming. That's going to be a catalyst for XRP. We've got regulation coming. That's going to be more of a catalyst for XRP. So, um, you know, that's why for me, XRP is one of those things where I'm just sitting there. Just, I'm just I'm just sitting back, waiting back. Everybody's panicking here. This ping running. Nah, 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 nah. Just sit back and wait, folks. Have some patience. And someday mm-hmm. we'll all get to be hanging out with the bearable bull on his yacht in Mexico, wherever the hell he is. But yeah, it'd be awesome. Oh, relax, relax. <laughs> hey, Bull, I got a quick follow-up for you. So we always think about XRP having this decoupling event, right? And for there to be a decoupling event, that means there needs to be a bear market so that XRP can break away. And one of the things that we always talk about is when regulation comes in, all of these assets are going to be used to transfer money cross-border, and XRP is going to take center stage when it comes to that front. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what that could mean for a decoupling event could we see this moment that we've always, I've been in this community for about three years now. One of the things we've always talked about is that when a bear market comes around, 
People are going to start using XRP and RippleNet to transfer value between banks, and that's going to lead to this decoupling event. Do you see that taking place during this bear market or anytime soon? I always had this idea that crypto would be inversely proportional to the stock market, right? I always had this idea. And while that has not been true up to this point, we've seen stocks, Bitcoin specifically, and as a consequence, crypto be directly proportional to the stock market. Anything that stocks do, you know, crypto does. Anything that crypto does, you know, it's it's because the stock market is doing going up, down, left, right, one, two, three, whatever the hell. So it's it's going to be one of those things where we realize what XRP was really meant to do. It was meant to solve this financial crisis. Like the elites knew that there was going to be a moment like this financially in the world where they need a liquidity solution. 2008 was a massive liquidity crisis. XRP is literally named on-demand liquidity, right? To solve a liquidity crisis. You know, they closed down the world for two years. Um, I still don't think we've seen the ramifications of that when it comes to markets. (laughs) Transferring of money is concerned. Um, To to me, quite honestly, um, if if we're going to price in the real value of of what happened during that time, we still need to drop like by 70% across the head, to be honest. But that's that's neither here nor there. I don't think they'll actually let that happen. There's going to be whatever bullshit monetary policy and stimulus they're going to throw at the market and keep it propped up enough. Um, they'll do that. But it's, you know, I, I completely agree with you. I think during a bear market and during a time of crisis is when XRP is really going to be able to shine. Um, we become superstars and you never hear from me again. So that's, that's really what it is. Hey, I hope that's seriously not the case because we got Mario on our team and he's works with the CIA. He's tracked many people down. I'm sure we'll be able to track you down. Oh, what catches my attention. Shit. <laughs> oh, that's, shit. Hey, but you know the deal. He's a good guy, so you don't got to be worried. One of the things that catches my attention is that the Federal Reserve changed their launch date for the ISO protocols to March 10th of 2025. So what I've been looking at is HBAR, Quant, XRP, XLM, IOTA, XDC, all of these currencies. Well, they're going to have their real world use cases implemented before this date. Is this something you're watching and are you watching 2025 for our next bull run? Um, I think 2025 is just going to be an explosive year for crypto. Um, but- but I think we still have some room to grow now. You know, what's most important now is 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 paying attention to the market dynamics at the moment because there's still going to be opportunities, right? You know, ISO is going to do whatever the hell ISO does. And it'll be a gradual phasing in process, right? So um, while that's going on, um, we have to pay attention to what's happening in the market. So definitely on my radar. Yeah, and I think on this one, you know, we have to remember that, like, we all believe that some big things and implementation will start happening in 2025. But the elites don't wait to that time to start buying. They're going to buy in these kind of beer market periods. They're going to be stacking their bags. We just showed yesterday Grayscale's reshuffling the balance of their portfolios and stocking up on some of these. And so I think um, you want to be, again, you want to be buying more in the fear zone rather than the extreme uh, greed zone if you want to try to play this game awesome and i'd love to switch gears here up oh, gonzo i saw you had a closing comment 
Uh, I was just going to say not financial advice, but like he's right. This is when the smart money starts buying. You know, this is where all the retail has left. This is where the market gets boring and gets scary. And for me, all I see is opportunity, right? And so that's like that's why like my investment thesis. I'm going to keep DCAing, the you know the the rest of this year, right? Uh, for that future 2025. And you know yeah. what's been one of the best indicators in the market so far is I just look at what Jim Cramer does and I do the total opposite. If he's buying, I'm selling. If he's selling, I'm buying. And right now, he's not only dumping the market, but he's criticizing crypto more than he ever has before, calling it worthless yeah. and saying it's literally worth nothing. When just six months ago, he was bullish on Ethereum and bullish on Bitcoin, giving $10,000 plus price targets for Ethereum. Johnny, I'd love to hear from you. Well, remember, first of all, Jim Cramer's at the very, very top of the rat snake weasel list, right? We know he's up there with Gensler, uh, the two of them. I gotta, I gotta put that board together and you'll see the two. I'm still trying to decide which one gets the, the top head of it, like the, you know, the way they build the mafia chart. I vote Gensler, I vote Gensler. Yeah, yeah Gensler, is a, he's a lion snake rat weasel too, between the two of them. But um, you know, what's interesting is we, we looked at a Bloomberg poll yesterday and they surveyed a bunch of retail investors and re and they said, do you think what will come first, a $10,000 Bitcoin or a $60,000, uh, $30,000 Bitcoin? And 60% of the respondents said 10,000. And this goes back to what the bull was saying earlier. If the retail market, which we call the dumb money, thinks we're going to 10,000, then there's probably a high, pro there's probably a good probability that we're going to go the other way. We'll see. But um, you know, we know that the markets tend, the smart money works opposite of the dumb money. Otherwise, you can't make money. So it'll be very interesting to see. Um, bull, I don't know if you saw that Bloomberg survey, but um, there's a mm -hmm. good amount of people that think, 10,000 is coming, and 30% of those respondents said the crypto market is absolute garbage. So the majority, the majority is always wrong. Yep. Yes. Now, exactly. now, what I will say is that it is possible we could recover in price action and then maybe make our way down to 10K, right? That's that's always possible, but. Um, it's it's never a straight line like we have for this the past seven months i guess the past seven months have been a straight line absolutely absolutely yeah. insane I, I have a question to all, all of you honestly honest how the hell do you guys still have money i'm broke i'm broke <laughs> <laughs> i'm broke <laughs> I'm honestly, kidding, Bull, kidding. if you want to be honest like one I'm of the kidding. things i've been talking to johnny about and mario behind the scenes is I was so overconfident in November that this has been a huge reality check for me. And although yeah, I, still yeah, yeah. Have, I still have income and I still have cash flow, yeah. but I really should have taken more profit off the table, specifically yeah. with XRP. One of the things Every, I was saying yeah. in November is that when I didn't, I didn't think we dip below a dollar and I wasn't telling other people that, but that's kind of what I was thinking internally. So when we saw those high 88 cent opportunities, I actually made some very large purchases with XRP at mm. around 88, 85 cents. I believe it was in December or January. I can't really remember, but one of the mm -hmm. things I've learned is that I don't know as much as I pretend to know, and I can't time the top or the bottom. So one of the things that I'm going to do is just study what these problems are solving and play the waiting game. You know what, though? Bull brings up a good point. Like, like nothing really keeps me up at night anymore. I don't worry about the market. But except that one thing, I'm like, damn, I wish I had more money to be dollar cost average again, Bull. It's a very, very small amount, right? I thank God we have jobs. We're working. And I'll just take <laughs> – They're making fun of me yeah. in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a, I have a job. So I have a job too. Like, you know, I wish I was doing this full time, but you know, I'm lucky. I'm fortunate. I have a job. I get paid every two weeks. And so I'm on a super tight budget. No, you know, no vacations, <laughs> no eating out. And so all that money goes in. And so I'm all in, bro. I'm all in on crypto. So that, that's why every two weeks, but like Johnny said, it's not like a huge amount, but dude, like every two weeks, I'm just going to keep doing it.
You know, yeah. it's frustrating. Some the the person that said bull is going broke and laughing at me. His name is Dominant Doge, and I hate the stupid Dogecoin people. I really <laughs> hate I hate that stupid coin and Dogecoin people. So, jokes on you. It is what it is. It's hey, I gotta stick up for Dominant Doge because this guy's a consistent listener. So, shout out to you, my friend, and keep commenting nice. in that live chat. If the bearable bull doesn't have your back, I think Johnny Crypto does. So, don't be worried. But we have 298 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And if you're looking for our special guest at the bearable bull on Twitter, at the bearable bull on YouTube, puts out amazing content. And he's one of the guys that I learn from on a daily basis. But we brought you a very special video today from Homeland Securities talking about how hmm. back in the day there was tons of nefarious activity going on on the Bitcoin network. And they actually tracked down Satoshi Nakamoto and he was in California. We're going to let this thing play and get some comments from the group. Here we go. We looked at Bitcoin as the most prevalent at that point we had seized quite a bit of it millions of dollars worth under the silk road investigation so one of our agents who started looking at another online marketplace um, through the deep web which is called black market reloaded they were sending weapons um, through packages and through at ordering them on the dark web and he was really really smart forward-leaning agent and he goes i want to go interview satoshi nakamoto and we're like what he said, yeah, I want to go interview this guy. And at the time, we're like, hey, it's a figment of somebody's imagination. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. So, you know, we had all this pushback from our headquarters. And we thought, hey, if an agent wants to go talk to him and we have some money, why don't we send him? Let's find out how this works. So as it came to be, the agents flew out to California and they realized that he wasn't alone in creating this. There were three other people. And he, they sat down and met with them and talked to them to find out how this actually works and what their reason for it was. So bearable bull, first thing I want to do, is this BS or not? Do you buy into the fact that they were actually able to track down Satoshi Nakamoto? And the second thing I want to ask you is how interesting is it that this creator was on U.S. soil? What does that tell you about who may, be, may or may not be involved with the creation of Bitcoin? Um, I don't believe anything anymore. Just to be honest. I, I've heard it all. You know, I mean, this week alone, I heard the XRP is going to 50K. So, hey, that's that's what happened. Yeah, I heard that too. It is it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, I don't I don't care who Satoshi is, to be honest, unless Dan Pena is right and it is Putin. Then that'll be some very interesting because Dan Pena has been right about a lot of crazy stuff. He called for negative oil. He's called for a lot of different things that I have ended up happening. So I don't take that, you know, lately. So, um, but um, as far as Satoshi is concerned, I'm just trying to figure out who Arthur Brito is, to be very honest with you. I don't really care that much about Satoshi. <laughs> Arthur Brito is more interesting to me. Well, one of the things I want to fill people in on is what Dan Pena says about Bitcoin. And what he says is that not only did Putin create it, but that when people figure out who did create it, this thing is going to go to zero and it's going to happen instantaneously. But he also claims that he called the top of Bitcoin back in 2018. I watch a ton of Dan Pena's content. I think he's very motivational, very interesting character for sure. And I don't think there's a lot of people like him out there today. But do you mm -hmm. actually believe the fact that we're going to ever see some of these large currencies like let's just talk about Bitcoin and Ethereum in particular? They've been given such a free pass over this last half decade. Do you think anything's going to change on that front? Or are Bitcoin and Ethereum going to continue to be chosen even as we get more real-world utility from currencies such as XRP, ADA, and so on? I think Bitcoin's going to be the digital gold. I think ETH is going to be a supercomputer. That's going to be fun. Um, I think XRP, HBAR, Stellar are going to make their way into the top five. XRP will be number one, in my opinion, and 
you know, Bitcoin will finally fall and maybe trickle down to three, four, something. And there'll be a nice little, a nice little uh, fireworks display and we'll be able to celebrate, um, for, like you said, from Johnny Crypto's yacht. <laughs> and, you know, so we could destroy his shit, not mine. <laughs> um, but um, in all seriousness, I think, and I don't want to divert this conversation away from what we were talking about, but I really want um, to to bring this up to, to the audience. You know, there's a lot of geopolitical things that have been happening that have sent shockwaves, like Boris Johnson stepping down, right? Um, the prime minister of Japan getting killed. That's that's no joke, right? And something that I was reviewing the other day was the book The Big Drop by Jim Rickards. Um, he made a lot of bold predictions in that book um, that didn't necessarily come to fruition, but I can see um, happening um, at some point. And, you know, he talked about times of, like, uh, political upheaval, black swan events, um, you know, the assassinations of government leaders and how they used those moments for times of massive change. Um, so it's it's one of those things where I look at it, the correlations between what he said is going to happen um, and what's actually happening. And it's uh, it's insane to me. I think he called events like this, like sh shock factors or something like that. Um, it's where it seems like it's out of the blue, but they happen very frequently. You know, we had the COVID, we we have this going on now, we have the war in Ukraine. So there's a lot of geopolitical catalysts right now that, that um, you know, are just ready to make abrupt changes. In the United States is a shit show too. Who knows if we're gonna get into any type of division in this country that that's probably very likely. Um, these elections are going to be turbulent. Um, there's been a lot of Supreme Court decisions that have caused caused a lot of unrest. So it's it's turbulent times, you know. Get, whew, get ready. Yeah, you know, and I don't know who Satoshi is, Abs, but that agent you had in that photo looks like John Madden. So maybe, maybe you'll find out. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on over there. But uh, at the end of the day, I agree with the bull. It doesn't matter who in the hell, you know, let's face it. If we really believe some guy named Satoshi Yakamoto made Bitcoin, then I got a bridge back here behind the lake that I'm willing to sell you guys. Cheap, cheap, very low cost. Tech, DM me afterwards and I'll sell it to you. But it really doesn't matter who created it. What matters is what the real world solve utilities are that come out of this thing. Obviously, Michael Saylor will be very pissed off if Pena's right and it goes to zero. I don't think it will. I think the bull's right. We'll see some kind of store of value out of Bitcoin. But that is, at some point, these two markets, you'll see some decoupling and you'll see the real world utility. And we've been beating this to death, so I won't beat it much longer. But we'll see some of that real world solve utility take over and those technologies will grow, right? Just the way the Amazons and the Microsofts and the Googles took off when the internet boom happened. And so a good starting point, you know, look at the ISO 2000 coins, good place there. Look at what Grayscale's doing, you know, for some smart contracts. But I think diversification is the key. You know, you want to have a little smart contract in your bags, a little DeFi in your bags, a little cross-border payment systems in your bag. You put a little bit of everything in there and then you kind of just set it and forget it and we see what happens in the long run. 
Yes, and somebody asked when these elites lose their family fortune, and Coach JV always talks about this. The greatest redistribution of wealth is taking place right now. And we're fortunate enough to have the self-awareness to actually take advantage of this unique situation. So any of our listeners out there, you are way ahead of the game for just absorbing this content, trying to get familiar and educate yourself. 99% of people not only don't pay attention to crypto, but aren't even familiar with it. I was out in the general public this weekend with a bunch of people who I went to high school with. The number one thing people are asking me is, what is crypto? Explain to me what it is and the fact that we've become so educated over these last two years and strayed so far away from those conversations, we can forget that for the everyday person, well, crypto, it's still a forefront that's yet to be conquered. And most people, they're not truly educated about this stuff, but we're going to continue to educate you guys. We brought a video from Brad Garlinghouse in 2019, speaking at the Swiss National Banking Conference, talking about the real world utility that's being built on XRP by Ripple. We'll let this clip play and then we'll hear comments from the group future is you don't have to have this pre-funding and instead you can use a digital asset to have global liquidity on demand. Now we build upon a tech stack, an open source technology called XRP. XRP you know, originally was built by some engineers who had seen some of the flaws of Bitcoin and the challenge of, of scalability around Bitcoin, where Bitcoin today, uh, per transaction basis, you know, it's rather slow and rather expensive. XRP is very, very fast, about a thousand times faster per transaction there. So that clip pretty much says it all there. Not only does it talk about how the XRP is a huge advantage as opposed to these other currencies, but they've got Ripple, who's building the real world utility for us. What does this say to you, Bull? Um, exactly what we've been discussing since the beginning of this, you know, conversation. It's, you know, it's we've we've continuously stockpiled more and more information, interview quotes, um, government connections, things like this, that confirm to us constantly that we do have the correct answer. You know, it's constantly confirming and reconfirming. Oh, did something change when the lawsuit dropped? No. Okay, reconfirming. Okay, I'm holding on strong. We have diamond hands, not paper hands. All right, good. We'll be good to go. So when I hear things like that, um, it doesn't, like I remember seeing that specific um, moment as the moment where I knew um, what XRP really was. You know, that was at the ninth high level meeting at the International Monetary System with Christine Lagarde and Augustine Karstens, the Monetary Authority of Singapore, Saudi Arabia, all these high level people. Right. So like that specific moment showed me, OK, you are the company you keep. And Brad kept the company of all these, you know, people that control the trillions of dollars on the planet. So if there were to be an asset that we're able to take on those trillions of dollars it would be xrp right so um great video you know it's the number one or, or i feel the main use case for xrp and, and like you said the more and more that we kind of hear it and then rehear it what i get excited about is the things that they haven't even created yet that are going to come in the future the other use cases that they're going to build upon it right once we get the clarity once we win the lawsuit in the sec and and, and it really starts to expand and they really start to build onto it including the xrpl that, that's what i'm really excited about 
Yes, and I'd love to hop into our next article because we're going to move away from the XRP conversation now that we've been talking about it for about a half an hour. And if you enjoyed that, show us some love, smash that like button, 270 live listeners out there. We got an article from Charlie Munger telling everybody they should avoid crypto as if it were an open sewer full of malicious organisms. And this is what I find so funny. You know it's a bear market when the old people who are in these traditional markets are criticizing cryptocurrency. And when they're very, very quiet, you can tell because it's during a bull run. He says that I think anybody who sells this stuff is either delusional or evil. I will not touch crypto and I'm not interested in undermining the national currencies of the world. He said he would tell people to totally avoid this new asset class, stating crypto is an investment in nothing. I have a special kind of nothing that's difficult to make more of. I don't want to buy a piece of nothing. Even if somebody tells me they can't more of it in regards, it's almost insane to buy or trade this stuff. I just avoid it as if it was an open sewer full of malicious organisms. I just totally avoid it and recommend everybody else do the same. Bull, what does something like this tell you about where they're trying to steer retail as these prices are as low as they are? So I personally take what, you know, Buffett and Munger say very seriously, right? Because they're they're some of the best investors um, of all time. So I look, I look at what they say. And then at the same time, I see that there was a specific moment in time where, you know, they sold off all their JP Morgan, all their Goldman Sachs, all their Wells Fargo, and they consolidated all of that into Bank of America, right? <laughs> bank of America being the, the specific bank that had, you know, a partnership with Ripple and Ripple Patents and da 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 da. So I said to myself, oh, that's really, that's really fucking interesting, huh? <laughs> right? So whether or not they own crypto on the balance sheets or not, isn't the point they're investing in, in companies that are developing the infrastructure and are going to benefit fully from the infrastructure of crypto being a dominant you know technology for the years to come so i stick my middle fingers up to these old geezers right and say give me all the information that you want to tell me i'm looking what the hell you're buying because that speaks louder than your stupid words and it is what it is you know you have to look at what these people are buying because their money is what speaks, right? I don't give a damn about what he says or, or what he thinks or anything like that. You know, it's exactly. Yeah. And so we say all the time on this show, do what they do, not what they say. And my man, Charlie, he gets right up there in the, he gets added to the list of the, uh, as Ange D rightly pointed out, the rat snake weasel list as well. So no. people telling people, Oh, this is terrible. I wouldn't get into it. Blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, he owns, <laughs> <laughs> part of a bank that owns probably the largest portfolio of crypto pads. It's just a now, to be to be honest, he's not completely wrong, right? Is he like like there's a lot of nonsense in crypto? Like like look what happened with Voyager. Celsius is taking a nice little shit right now. Tether's still a ticking time bomb <laughs> that's going to explode. Three aerial Do Quan. I don't know if this dude is even still alive. I think there's a manhunt out for him right now and three arrows they just went dark like the founders apparently they left the office three months ago so there's a lot of nonsense in crypto so yeah somebody so, goes the greatest redistribution of wealth is taking place and they listed off all those projects you just talked about and it's like this is why we need regulation this is why we yeah. need rules and guidelines so that we don't get fudded into these projects and they get absolutely screwed on the back end during a bear market yeah to me you know the fact that he's even commenting it is he sees how big of a threat it is right he's lashing out to it Right. He understands how it's going to undermine things that he's usually invested in. And that's why he's lashing out, because if he really thought 
that it, crypto was going to zero was nothing, I bet you he wouldn't even comment on it. So the fact that he's lashing out it means that he feels threatened by it. There was this comment, as I think it was Susie that said this one <laughs> Charlie has one foot in the grave and another on the banana peel. <laughs> 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 that was amazing. That was amazing. Yep. That's so perfect, though. I do want to get in a little bit of Cardano conversation. So that's what we'll hop into next. Over 7 million merchants can now accept Cardano using ADA's new plugin. So this is really cool. We always talk about how the big boys have been buying Cardano for quite a while. And Johnny Crypto has been a huge advocate of all the development going on on this blockchain in particular. This new update is going to allow people to instantly settle their payments using Cardano in over 7 million stores worldwide. It's just more mass adoption, more real world use cases, not only for this project, but for crypto in general. What do you think projects like this say to you, Bearable? When do you think people will start actually spending their cryptocurrencies in regular stores like we're seeing here? Ooh. So I know that there's, you know, some projects working on this now. There are some cards that do exist. Um, it's still, the infrastructure still needs to be built um, further. Like there, there are places that still don't have Apple Pay, for example. Like I don't, like there there are places that, um, you know, sometimes don't even take cash anymore, which, you know, it is what it is. We could sit here and talk about it. But um, I think if I were a merchant, I'd say let's have as many as many um, payment options as possible. However you want to pay, just give me your money. Right. So that direct selling of crypto at whatever price it's at from the card um, and conversion into U.S. dollars directly at the at the time of purchase that's important and you know we still need to work iron out some of the kinks and and have more options um, but you know i think this is definitely where the future is going and i see it coming faster especially over the next year year plus as cbdc's are going to be coming to the forefront as well so Another thing that was watching that we're watching right now is the fact that the euro it's collapsing in its ratio against the US dollar. You mentioned it briefly in the beginning of our episode. We got the euro collapsing and we have inflation as high as it's ever been. What does this say to you about the overall markets and what are you expecting from crypto during times of high inflation? Sure. So I think if you're European, you should buy as much shit as you can right now before it's too late. <laughs> that's that's my two cents on it. It's like it's true, like you're buying power, it's everything's cheaper right now. Um, but um, to to put things more seriously, um, it's it's tough out there for a lot of people. Um, you know, I don't, I can't say this enough. You have to get out of fiat currency as fast as possible. Like what's going on with the dollar right now is it's going to the moon relative to other fiat currencies, right? And it's. One of those things where it's like, oh, this little thing that's going to zero is up against these other things that are going to zero. So, you know, this is the best going to zero option. I'm like, uh, that doesn't make sense to me, right? That doesn't make sense to me. And I don't care how how much the Fed chooses to raise interest rates by. Um, they're not going to stop inflation. Um, the 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 train has left the station. They're going to hyperinflate this baby to the moon and beyond. I don't know what crisis they're going to make up where we have to take our eight boosters every two days, right? <laughs> but it's coming, right? It's coming. And, um, you know, we just have to be ready for the reversal, right? Um, 
I don't think it's, I think for lack of a better term, they're too pussy to keep on this track. They can't keep record inflation and also collapse the markets at the same time. Then exactly. there's no, then there's no point. It's like 9.1%. What a great job. And it's 9.1%, but gas and fuel are up over 60 to 90%. So these the CPI data is totally off. And I even saw a quote from Biden who said that this data is extremely outdated. I do want to dive into a conversation about central bank digital currencies here because we had France announce that their central bank digital currency is going to go live next year. And the main reason for that is the fact that they believe a digital revolution is taking place. And if they don't get ahead of it, they're going to be left behind. One of the things that we're talking about with mass inflation is that the value of the dollar and things are becoming more and more expensive and the best way to do that is to go to a digital system where the numbers are just on a screen they can get as high as they'd like and i think that's what we're witnessing here how do you feel about the implementation of a cbdc and which currencies i know it's a total guess here but just for speculation purposes which currencies do you believe could profit most off of central bank digital currency so that's a two-part question i'll i'll um i'll start with the first one so i don't think I don't think this health crisis and central bank digital currencies are, you know, two different events. I think they're all leading towards the same thing to where, you know, you're going to be eventually forced to take whatever chip or whatever shot or whatever shit um, in order to uh, become part of the digital control grid. Right. And, um, you know, permanent tracking, maybe even track your thoughts. Who knows how far this rabbit hole goes? But um, I believe it's in revelations 13 16 you won't be able to buy or sell unless you have a specific mark in your hand yeah and don't mean it got um all biblical on you but <laughs> i definitely believe that shit's coming and i see it right so you know they're they're um enabling the social programming right now conditioning people to be willing to take it on the guise of a crisis of a health event and you know um, with central bank digital currencies, it'll be tied to your social credit score um, and they can plug you in or leave you out of the financial system. Right. As much as people want to say, oh, you know, this is going to this is the future. This will make us rich. You know, it's going to be our complete enslavement. And all I'm trying to do is position my chips in a row before that happens to get as rich as possible so I can completely disappear and never be heard from again. Right. Yep. <laughs> so, so that's really it. And I don't I don't mean to get all woo on the audience, but that's exactly what I see coming. That's what I've seen coming for for years. And um you know i'm not always great with timing you know specific parts of the market because i can't possibly know what the illuminati is doing <laughs> but um you know in general this is this is how they're going to go about their business and you know the little sheeple that are always scared and, and compliant and always doing what they're told um they're not even going to think twice Johnny, I'd love to go to you here because me and you always talk about the whole reason we got into cryptocurrencies because we want to be able to provide freedom, not only for ourselves, but for our loved ones. And what does freedom mean to you, Johnny? Talk about that a little bit because people always talk about going off the grid. My personal opinion, I'm totally up to debate this. I think it's an outdated concept. Going outside the grid nowadays, there's not much of a benefit to that being isolated from society. And Bull, I'd love to hear your opinion. I think the modern day to way, the way to get off the grid is to exist in multiple locations, having multiple passports, multiple credit cards, multiple driver's license, whether it's in the UK, 
you know, some, uh, I'd actually prefer non-Western cultures, but some other countries, I think it's much easier to exist in many places at once, as opposed to not, not exist anywhere at all. What are some of your thoughts, Johnny? And then I'd love to hear from the bull there. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure I want to give away the plan, but I will say this. If the bull does go away, we don't want to disappear like Jimmy Hoffa. You want to do more like a disappearing of, uh, you know, maybe like these three arrow guys where they're alive, but nobody knows where the hell they are with all the money. But, uh, you know, if I get stacked, it's Johnny Crypto's fault. Yeah, me too. <laughs> My, me too. Hopefully, you won't be. Uh, you know, you won't be at the at the uh, foundation of the giant stadium like Jimmy is. But uh, he's yeah. always poking the elites, dude. Johnny's always poking the elites. Listen, at the end of the day, we, we you know you can either be awakened to the fact that you know they run the show and there's a bunch of sheeple you know floating around, or you could you know, or you could be free minded like we are, where we understand what's going on. And again, we're not gonna we're not going after the elites. We just want to ride the coattails. We want to know the game, so we can't get played. So we can do exactly what the bull said: accumulate as much generational wealth right now on the system that's going to enslave the sheeple. And to be honest with you, I think part of the elites respect folks that know the game and can break out of the system. I think that's the kind of people they want to go with them. You know, smart people that can add to society. And I think in terms of your question. You know, freedom is all about, to me, To me, life is all about having fun. See, back there, that's where I have my fun. It's just about having fun in life because we don't know how long we got. We may be here today. We could be gone tomorrow. You never know. So at the end of the day, I try to enjoy every day as, as best as possible. I don't even worry about anymore what the plans are in the future. Abs, it's more about generational wealth, freedom to choose and do the things you enjoy to do every single day. Be with the people you want to be with where you're enjoying your life because our lives the caveman had it right. We got it wrong. We're working. <laughs> you know, he did what I gotta he say, that's the first time I've ever heard that in my life. But sure, Johnny. The caveman had it good. I can't say the things I want to say in here without getting put in, <laughs> in YouTube jail. But offline, we'll talk about why the caveman had it so good when you're up here. But yeah, to me, guys, enjoy your life. Find the things you love doing and go do them. Do them every day. My best friend was planning, couldn't wait till he turned 60 to get so excited, enjoy life, and he died at 55. So don't, don't bet on the future. Enjoy today while you still can. Yes, I'd love to kick it to the bull there. Mm -mm. On what specifically? Um, Johnny, actually, oh, what does freedom mean to you, and how do you feel about yeah. existing on multiple grids as opposed to going off the grid? Yeah, I mean, going off the grid nowadays is impossible. I have my phone on me at all times. So um, I think freedom of time, freedom of location, and financial freedom are, are what freedom are specifically, and also my privacy, right? That's why I still continue to be anonymous to this day so people don't bother me, right? Um, and it's, it's very hard to do so because I want to meet a lot of people. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's, you know, it's a trade-off. So I think the ability to be able to hop on a jet and go somewhere in like 30 minutes is pretty, pretty dope. Right. Nice. Um, the ability to, um, you know, maybe have 18 passports under, under the books, <laughs> you know, that would be, that's pretty dope. Um, the ability to have ex mafia on your team, like, yo, let me, let me. <laughs> Shoot, let's go to a shootout, you know. It's one, those, <laughs> one of those things where, you know, it's one of those things, you know, get buddy buddy with the cartel, see what happens. 
<laughs> Dude, I, I would agree, Abs. It, it's it's about uh, for me, like the whole financial freedom thing. It's it, it's being able to do whatever I want, right? Whether I want to work or not work, and go wherever I get treated the best, wherever that is, right? And then just be able to pick up on a moment's notice and stay as long as I want and not have to report to anything. So uh, for me, it's not about Lambos and mansions or anything like that. It's just being able to just go wherever I want and do whatever I want, right? Having that freedom. Totally. And I want to kick it to the bull here because we're about to close it out. We got, we're at a hundred or sorry, we're at one hour and 11 minutes and we got 276 live listeners. If you guys enjoyed this content, show us some love, smash that like button. We'll be sure to bring the bearable bull back as often as he's willing to come back. But one of the things that I get asked constantly in this space is, where do I learn about cryptocurrency? Where do you find most of your information, Bearable Bull? And if somebody's just beginning their journey here, where do you think they could go to learn about this asset class? Sure. So um, where I do most of my um, research about crypto is on Twitter, to be very honest with you. Um, that's where I can crowdsource information very quickly and, and present all the content that I post on YouTube on a daily basis. Depends on when or who you follow and what accounts you follow though don't follow the the you know xrp um snake people accounts to the best of your ability right um follow the more document based and and news oriented accounts because that'll keep you in the loop um you know follow a lot of media outlets so that you know how you're being manipulated um, and how they're steering the sheep and um yeah that's really it you know uh, it's from there, it's you go down different rabbit holes. You look at different companies' websites, and and it's as simple as that. Awesome, and I'd love to give Gonzo and Johnny a chance to just close us out. Maybe ask some closing questions. Gonzo, I'd kick it to you. The floor is yours, my friend. Uh, <laughs> you kind of caught me off guard. Not, um, I, you know what? It was just a great show. You have to come back and hang out with us. Make sure you follow everybody, uh, and then uh, you know, let's kick it to Johnny to say bye. So, Bull, we had a. You know, we've been in a kind of a beer market for a while now. And I know last time we talked, we talked about maybe we see a, a, a bull run. Maybe we see a baby calf walk. What do you think we got coming on in the next few months? We got to get another baby calf walk. We get a little little pump until October. What do you think is going to happen? What's the what's what's uh, what's your gut tell you the future's got for the next few months? I'm very excited for the future of this market. I'm very bullish on this market. Looking at Hedera at six cents, um, you know, brings chills down my spine. I'm like, I remember, I remember, uh, it's, it's like, if I could insert everything in my mind into like everyone in the audience for, for them to get my complete perspective, it wouldn't, it would be perfect because I remember first getting into H bar at 1.8 cents and then seeing it ride to 55 or 57, something like that. And then, now it's back where it's at, and I think H bar is going to eventually just completely obliterate the rest of the market for the most part. It's like if you if you get in now, your futures, you know, um, a foregone conclusion. It's not financial advice, but you should follow it anyway, my friends. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> Amazing bull. Sorry, I was on mute there, but I do want to say thank you again. It's been another amazing episode. And I look forward to collaborating many more times in the future. We are going to close this thing out. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, bull. Of course. Thank you for having me, guys. Of course. And we look forward to many more episodes together. I want to say thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to the Variable Bull. Another amazing episode today. 260 live listeners. Smash that like button and show us some love. And we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go. Let's go.